The Outlet. The Voice of Central. Welcome to The Outlet. I'm your host, Brent Harbour. In this podcast, I talk to Suzanne Prentice, the Southland-based trustee of the Otago Southland Rescue Helicopter Trust, and Graham Gale, the Managing Director of Helicopters Otago Limited that delivers the rescue helicopter service. We chat about the helicopters' operations, how they cover such a huge region, and how the community is the key to keeping the service operating. Plus, I chat with Joe Murdy. Joe and his wife Erin own production company Bunker Street Film Co. in Wanaka. They're crowdfunding through Boosted.org.nz for their film Planet 13. We chat about the inspiration behind the film, where pre-production is at, and how you can help get filming underway. Local voices, local info, the outlet, the voice of Central. There's a Brain Health Community Day at Central Stories Museum and Gallery on Friday the 26th of January. It's on from 10 till 2pm, so Otago University are bringing a giant interactive inflatable brain, so you get to walk through the brain and complete brainy activities and challenges. Plus, you can learn heaps about brain facts. It's great for all ages, from kids to adults, and it's all free. You can find out all the info by clicking on the Things to Do button, then Events on the Central app. Suzanne Prentice has the Otago Southland Rescue Helicopter Trust to thank for helping to save her life. She's now a trustee and we talk about the importance of the service and how you can help. Plus we chat with Graham Gale, Managing Director of Helicopters Otago, who operate the service on how they look after such a huge area and how community makes the difference. Suzanne, Graham, welcome to the Outlet Podcast. Thank you. Afternoon, Brent. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Now, Suzanne, can you please provide an overview of the Otago Southland Rescue Helicopter Trust? What is its mission and purpose within the community? In a nutshell, Brent, really, as a trustee, the job that we have is really to promote the Otago Southland Rescue Helicopter to as many people as we can and really just relay the benefits to all of the people in our community that this crucial service provides and it's also to provide education, I guess you could say, around, you know, the ambulance side of it and the medical side of the rescue helicopter. So there you go. That's about our job. And Graham, how frequently do the rescue helicopters respond to emergencies? And can you please tell us some of the situations you handle on a daily basis? We respond roughly on average around about five or six missions a day. Given if we don't go out for a couple of days, we could do more. And some days we might do less, you know, so... That's roughly what we average, but we can be going to everything and anything. We can be going from hospital transfers one minute to an offshore mission to a primary car accident to a medical event. So we never know until the page goes off exactly where we're going. We have no, nothing is pre-planned and, and everything is just within, as soon as the page goes off, it's usually the first we know about it. So... And the hospital transfers, we could do uh, mainly intensive care hospital transfers, so it's very high-level sickness and, and medical events, and we also do the neonatal intensive care retrievals as well. Well, Suzanne, you can share more about your personal experience and, and what led you to need the assistance of the Otago Rescue Helicopter. <laughs> well, I think like all of us, I think we all lead busy lives. I've had a, um, an absolutely normal day. And I think I'd just got home from a meeting and I just started to get a bit of a sore neck. So 
I, I said to my husband, Steve, I said, look, can you just put something in my neck a bit and let's just see what happened. And I no sooner, you know, put my head down than I was on the floor. The pain, I think, of a heart attack is, is something that you really can't explain to people. And a heart attack is different for everybody. I was certainly very lucky. So I went into hospital, obviously, and um, and went into cardiac arrest. And, uh, and the next thing I know is that uh, the drum, the helicopter service, which until then I'd never really thought about. I was very, very thankful that, that you know, they were there for me. And the thing is, with, with any medical event like that, you know, and for the ones where their a life is, is at risk, it could be your wife, your husband, your children, your baby. You just don't know when you're going to need them. So it's, it was an amazing service, and I was very, very thankful, and I think very lucky that they were there for me. And I read that you sort of woke up and thought, I'm in a helicopter, and you worried a bit about that as well. Yeah, no, I wasn't so keen. I hadn't been in a helicopter before. <laughs> it wasn't the way I thought I'd ever, ever ride in one. But no, look, they're an amazing machine, and I, I, you know, I can't speak highly enough of the competency and of the machinery and the life-saving uh, equipment that they've got inside the helicopters just amazing. And Graham, speaking of that, so what do you think makes the Otago Regional Rescue Helicopter crews so exceptional in their role and what they do? Look, I think it's the staff that actually makes anything, isn't it? You know, we've got dedicated staff that's really dedicated to the core, not just the pilots. The pilots are very highly skilled and they've, you know, developed or developed them over a number of years to be able to go from VFR, which is visual flight rules, looking outside to IFR, which is instrument, and looking solely on the instruments for MVG to winch training and all types of stuff. And, and, you know, that's from the piloting point of view to keep everyone safe going to and from the job. But, you know, the medics are, are exceptional people. They are very talented, very humble people, very highly skilled, and they're really dedicated to the course. They're dedicated for one one reason and one reason only, and that's to give care to the patient. So how many rescue helicopters do you have in your fleet, Graham, and, and how do you station them? Because you've got a big region to cover, right? Yeah, correct. And um, we've got five in total that are fully dedicated, that we have to respond 10 minutes during the day, 20 minutes at night minimum. Maximum time to... Um, to respond to but we've got three based at Torrey Airport in Mosgill and two based in Queenstown on the airfield in Queenstown and all those five machines are fully crewed with pilots winch operators crewmen paramedics and then over and above that I've got another three that back those ones up for when they're on maintenance stuff so we've got quite a large fleet we've got the largest fleet in the New Zealand on one base which is at Torrey here so but we're covering you know some of the longest distances of flight in New Zealand so you know, we need them. They're busy. Now, operating a rescue helicopter service, Graham, is costly. So where does the majority of the funding come from? The majority of the funding now comes from the government. There's around that 85%, maybe slightly higher, slightly lower. Then the balance of it comes from the community and from the, the likes of the Target Southland Rescue Helicopter Trust is, is the major supporter, along with the sponsors that actually support that. And that's really important. And without the community funds, that, that's the bit that makes the difference. That's the bit that the government doesn't pay for. That's the bit that we're able to put on extra pieces into the, into the machine. We just don't go and buy everything willy-nilly, but we've got consistency in equipment like monitors and ventilators and syringe drivers and all the equipment that the medics use in the back is consistent right across the fleet. It's very expensive, extremely expensive. 
And that's what the, the community makes a difference. An example of that, just lately, we've just put in ultrasound. You know, we're the first to actually have ultrasound in all the helicopters throughout our region. Now it's just very new, just in the last month. So without the community support and the community funding, that wouldn't happen. Now, Suzanne, you're a trustee of the Otago Southland Rescue Helicopter Trust. So what specific aspects of what they do are you passionate about supporting and promoting? I think I'm passionate about the full operation. And, you know, I just want our community, as I said, you know, I, I never really thought about um, the rescue helicopters. You'd see them flying in and flying out and you'd look at the Westpac one on television, but you never really thought about them any further. And, uh, you know, I'd really just like our community with Otago and Southland to to realise that this is our service. It's not the Westpac helicopter service. I'm not taking anything away from them at all, but this is ours. And it's such an essential service. It's critical. As Graham was saying, you know, they fly some of the longest routes, I guess, throughout the country or, or through the country, you know, so... And it's a huge area to cover. When you think of Deep Cove or, gee, anywhere, Glenorchy, all over those places, there's an awful lot of rural areas to get to, and they really do have to fly to some pretty dicey uh, areas at, at, at times. For me, I'm just incredibly proud of it, and I would like all of South Chicago to take it on, you know, to that they own that almost, you know, to, to really be proud of it as I am. Community support is crucial, Suzanne, for the success of organisations. So what kind of support, whether it's financial or sponsorship or volunteer involvement, do you need from the local community to help keep the service going? I think from the community, as Graham was saying, it, it is crucial for the service. And if, if anybody would like to do an event that would raise funds for the service, absolutely get hold of me or or get hold of one of the other trustees but we would love that and through sponsorship as you say it really is to get people on board with it but I think for me personally it's the biggest thing is that so many people don't realize it's our rescue service it's not from a company up up in the North Island it's ours I'm just very proud of it and I just you know want to see it just continue and improve and improve but you know we've got the, the best equipped helicopters of any service. And how lucky are we for that? You know, we're trying to make the the time between retrieval and or pickup from the hospital or, or whatever to be as quick as we possibly can to get the good outcome for the patient that is in that helicopter at the time, to get them to the, to the hospital, whether it's Dunedin or whether it's Christchurch, but get them there in the shortest amount of time for a great I guess, ending for them. So. And Graham, for you, with your experience and dedication to the operations of the Otago Southland Rescue Helicopter Trust, what would you like to say to the community? I, I think um, Suzanne just hit it on the head. It's our community. It's, it's our service. It's no one else's. Look, Heli Otago owns the machines and the equipment, and that's all fine. But, you know, just going back, you know, when I mentioned the government pay a good percentage of it and the community pick up the balance for it, that is super important. We would not have MBGs here. We would not have IFR. We would not have the helipad structure. We would not have the IFR route. You know, and people wonder, oh, what difference does that make? I can tell you, with the MBG, with the night vision goggles, that made a difference to 50% of the patients that we couldn't get to at night. We can get to them now. With the IFR, what the difference that's made is 20 to 30% of patients that we couldn't get to before, we can get to. And particularly, if you're down in Southland, 
and um, and the weather's bad before you had to go by road. We're going back a number of years ago where now we've got these low level routes, keeps us down out of the freezing level. And the only thing that's really preventing us from coming down there now in the middle of the night or during the day is solid on the ground or a freezing level that's super low, but we've got these very low routes. So, you know, that belongs to the community. It is the community. And that's the reason that we're here for. We're here for only one reason. There's only one reason. Not fly around the flash helicopter. Is to go and give the care to the patient at the right time and get them to the right destination. Well, Suzanne is living proof of that, right, Suzanne? <laughs> yes, I am. And I tell you, I'm very thankful as, as anybody is that does fly in the helicopters. It really is. It's an amazing service and it's critical. It is. And, you know, I've actually was in a demonstration once many years ago with a rescue helicopter where they winched me down onto a beach. We were doing demonstrations of what they do. And the crew and everybody are just incredible, aren't they? Yep. They really are. And, and I have to say one thing, Graham, is that, you know, Graham, with, with his, his choice of staff, it's crucial really to get not only the most skilled people on board, but they also have to work as a team. And that's something which has impressed me since I first stepped through, you know, the, the base's door. They're, they're just amazing people. And yeah, but really a lot to thank Graham for. He's an amazing man. Yeah, Graham. Look, you, you look. You both do a fantastic job with the trust and the operations of it. And I just want to say thank you so much for everything that you do. And it's just been a real pleasure to chat to you today. Thank you. It's been lovely to chat with you too. You're welcome. The outlet jobs board. Here are some of the jobs listed this week on the Central app. Central Otago District Council Alexandra are looking for a parks officer for projects. Your role will be to coordinate and manage capital development projects associated with the council's parks, reserves, cemeteries and general recreational areas. Cromwell College are looking for a fixed-term full-time science teacher. Now this position is for all or part of Term 1. Classes are predominantly Year 7 and 8 science and would suit a secondary or primary trained teacher. And Oliver's Victoria store Clyde are currently recruiting for a kitchen hand to join their team. They're looking for a superstar to help in the kitchen. No previous experience is necessary, but there is some heavy lifting involved, so you will need to be fit and strong. To look at these jobs and many more, just click on the Jobs button on the Central app. Local jobs, local voices, local information. The Outlet, the voice of Central. Round three of the New Zealand Jet Sprint Championships will be held at the Apex Wanaka Aquatrack this Saturday the 20th of January from 9 to 5.30. With horsepower of some boats over 1,500, there is no time for mistakes or second guesses. There are always spills and thrills, and it's a great day out for the whole family. You can find out all the info by clicking on the Things to Do button, then Events on the Central app. Joe Murdy and Bunker Street Film Co. Wanaka are crowdfunding at boosted.org.nz to get their Planet 13 film project underway. Joe talks us through the inspiration for the film, how far they are in pre-production and what you can do to help. G'day Joe, welcome to the outlet. Hey mate, thanks for having me. No worries. Now can you please give me a bit of a background on the Bunker Street Film Company? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Bunker Street Film Co. is a production company based down here in Wanaka, owned by my wife and I. And uh, we work on a range of things, really, from documentaries, TV series, branded commercials, music videos, and a small amount of scripted work. We also do line production, so we help international or out-of-town production companies with filming in the region as sort of like a local knowledge base. And you've got studios as well, right? We do have a studio space as well, yep, which is kind of designed for 
your traditional cyclorama shooting. So a lot of photographers use it and documentary interviews and then some crazy sort of lighting effect stuff like music videos and stuff as well. You're sourcing funding at the moment for your film project, Planet 13. Can you talk me through the idea of the movie, Joe? Yep, absolutely. Planet 13's a scripted short that I wrote um, and I'm hoping to produce in early 24. It's set in the year 2093 on the planet humans have fled to after destroying Earth, basically. So the film kind of focuses on a 24-hour period on the planet, following a young couple as they kind of search for a way to, to survive, basically. And yeah, the idea kind of came from the question of if we were to take all of humanity as we are today and give us a fresh, brand new planet that's untouched, would we wreck it? And and if so, how long would it take? I think I know the answer. We probably would. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So what what are some of the themes or messages you're hoping that people take away once the movie's out there, Joe? One of the key messages I can't really go into too much because it will give away too many spoilers. But the film was kind of a dig at humanity's general complacency towards Earth. You know, we all put out our recycling every week and we feel good about ourselves while we sit by and let. You know, just 100 companies produce over 70% of total greenhouse gas emissions. We elect governments who tend to chase profits over sustainability. Um, and every day we're voting through like purchasing that suggests that we, we really value things like comfort and luxury over survival. And the film's not a, you know, you're doing it wrong or we have to do better story by any means. It's, it's simply an observation to look at what the future might hold because of that complacency. Look, I think it's important too, because I know that in Wanaka and, and in the region, there's a lot about food resilience and all these kind of things. And I think it's just important to keep hammering home that message, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I say, I'm, I'm not trying to uh, get out there and say that, hey, I'm doing it perfect and you all need to follow suit. It really is just a, a creative look at what might be our future if we don't do something. Can we talk a bit about the production? I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into putting a movie together, so where are you at the moment with pre-production planning? Pre-production's well underway. The script's been ready for a good few months now. I say ready, you know, that the script's never finished until you've shot it, but <laughs> it's workable. That's what we'd call a final draft. Most of the locations are sorted. The A lot of the crew are on board. We have some really specialist props underway and castings well into the process of that so we're hoping to have it fully cast before the end of 23 so yeah a lot's been done we're, we're very nearly ready to roll cameras but i guess that's why we're at that that funding process now is just because we can't we can't afford to complete principal photography at this stage so we can't begin filming until we can so you're hoping to do that next year though right we are yeah i mean it's set on a hot planet so it needs to be shot while it's hot once we get to kind of mid-march we've lost our window for another 12 months so that's why we're really doing a push now to try and get it shot in in february really. so who are some of the team behind planet 13 and how have they contributed to the planning and also the story of the movie the team's made up from a good bunch of local film industry workers we're all passionate about furthering our experience in the scripted side of the industry to date most of the wider team's contributions through like sounding board and bouncing scripts back and forth and helping with the story etc and some logistics, bit of prep stuff, things like that. But as we get into production, there'll be a lot more hands-on. We have to dress sets, do costumes, light the scenes, you know, record pictures and sound. So that's where the team will really get involved. And it will also grow at that point to, to include a bunch more. But we are passionate about crewing it entirely from local Otago industry workers because there's a massive industry here in Otago and everyone's very competent and 
yeah, we just don't need to bring in outside help is the idea. And you've got the best locations, obviously. Yeah, well, that's it. And then the locations were a big influence on this film. It was like, you know, some of them are just so otherworldly. It feels like you, you are on a different planet. So to be able to shoot something that takes place on another planet all within, you know, an hour of home is... It's pretty special. Yeah, that's good. Not having to build another planet, eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So looking into the future once you got it all done, where will the film be shown, Joe? And, and what are you hoping in terms of festivals and cinemas? Yeah, so the initial focus is a festival film. So there's a list of festivals that the New Zealand Film Commission publishes, and it's, it's basically the most recognised festivals from around the world. So our aim is to get accepted into a good number of those. A lot of them support short drama, and that's so that's our target. So it will go off on a festival circuit and be screened at those festivals in different countries for roughly a year. And then once that's done, done, we can look into like a release plan and see what works for a general wider public release based on how successful it is really. But there will be a, a private world premiere first so that all the people that have been involved and helped out can see it on the big screen kind of before it hens off on the festival route. Now, how can people support you and find out more details about Planet 13? Well, the, the biggest way people can support us right now is either by donating to our boosted crowdfunding or sharing the boosted page with people so that we can raise those funds we need to finish the principal photography. But if you Google Planet 13 film, it should bring up not only the boosted page, but a, a bunch of other information about the film. We've got a bit of an EPK online that goes into some more details, shows you some imagery. Um, there's a little video from me and stuff like that. So there's yeah, there's a fair bit of info there on, on Google. Otherwise, just yeah, get in touch with us at Bunker Street and we can have a yarn. And yeah, Hey, well, all the very best for getting all the funding and getting the movie together. And I look forward to seeing it on the big screen, Joe. Yes, thank you, Brad. On Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. The Outlet. The Voice of Central. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Outlet. If you have a story or an interview you think should be featured on The Outlet podcast, get in touch by clicking on the Contact Us button on the Central app. The Outlet is produced and published by the Central app and supported with funding from the New Zealand Public Interest Journalism Fund. The Outlet is available on the main page of the Central app and wherever you get your podcasts.